Life's Inside Track with Ken and Yetta Decker of the Decker Team. They'll share life experiences, tips, techniques, thoughts, and tools to help you create life exponential. Life's Inside Track with Ken and Yetta Decker. Moving forward with the Decker Team. Moving forward together with the Decker Team. Is my lack of connecting about time or is it the fear? We're excited to welcome you to another episode of Life's Inside Track, where we share techniques, tips, thoughts, and often truths that we all need, we all deserve. You, I, everyone. So we get to turn our house into home, where our families thrive, and we live the best life possible. Ken, yes. I don't think it's about lack of fear or time. Lack of fear, it's actually Oh, it's fear. about fear. I think it's about fear. Fear or time. You know what I think both. it's about? No, I think it's about both those. You don't value me. Oh, that hurts. Ouch. For me. Ouch for me. That you think that I don't value you. Well, because you That's don't crazy. connect with me. You're talking crazy, woman. Okay, so on this episode, what you're going to learn is how to deepen your relationships around deep connecting with somebody even if it is a lack of time or maybe an increase of fear because I'm suspecting if you're with somebody you probably do value them even though it doesn't feel that way sometimes right so what's the what's the title of our radio show life's inside track so today you are going to get the inside track to Yetta and Ken's life. Oh, just a small piece, okay? <laughs> we will not bore you with all the details, and we won't go down too many details. I think it'd be fun despair. to have a virtual reality TV show yeah, of the not. Deckers. Let's not. It would be hilarious. We did talk about that at one point, <laughs> and I'm so happy that even though a few pilots were shot, we never went anywhere with it, because I think it would be... Too hard to be that transparent. Yeah. So a few weeks ago, Yetta was feeling sad. <laughs> you say that with such... Um, Sadness? No, that sounded more patronizing. Oh, are we going to get into it on the show here? <laughs> no, we won't. I promise we're not going to. And I was feeling sad. Yeah. And so what I need you to do when I'm sad, and maybe you're like me, that when you're feeling sad, you want someone just to relate. To your sadness. They don't have to accept it. They don't have to agree with it. They don't have to understand it. Like you can leave all those things out there. What I do need you to do is relate to me in my sadness. I did relate to you because what I did was I said, oh, but this thing is great. And this thing is great. And this thing is great. And look at these things that were great. So you related to the sadness. Well, you I've, didn't relate to Yetta. In, in my great manliness, I was attempting to save you from the sadness and bring you into the gratefulness, joy, and happiness that I was having. And that was a really nice thought. And I think secondary, you could do that. And primary, what I needed, and maybe again, you're like me, what I needed was simply you to relate to the fact that I was feeling sad. You didn't mm -hmm. have to get it. Like I said, you didn't have to agree. You didn't have to a lot of things. You just needed to relate to the girl. 
Yeah, but what I was afraid of is I went into your sadness. Yeah. That I might get sucked in there and then become sad myself. And then there would be two sad people. That would be really sad. <laughs> that would be hard to get out of. So the point here is simply, how can we learn? And we've been learning this. We're getting better and better and better at it. Touch the sad, or in Ken's case, touch the anger. Because my go-to is sad. Your go-to is generally anger. And I will usually try and convince him he's not really angry, even though he's angry. <laughs> and so it just escalates and gets crazier. So, Or uh, you tell me to smarten up. Yeah, smarten up and stop just it. Just stop it. Stop, stop it being, now. Stop being right. angry. Just stop doing get over that. yourself. And so how <laughs> can we touch it without getting sucked into the vortex is really the conversation that we ended up with. Yeah. And so what are some of the tips and the insights that will allow us in future to do it well mm -hmm. and that you may want to try on for size? Some of these things you're going, we don't, we don't get sucked into each other's stuff. Well, then can you come teach us? Because that would be really nice. So what are some of the tips that you would recommend that can help us touch it without getting consumed by it? Mm. Well, I think it's the length of time you're in there. I remember Christmas Eve, there was a nice little bonfire and I was touching the fire. I was clapping my hands in the fire. And what did you think? I thought he was crazy, man. Crazy, crazy. Why on earth would he stick his good, although cold, hands into the fire and get them burned? And he kept saying to me, but they're not burning. And I'm going, but you're putting them in the fire. They weren't even warm. Right. So I did learn it. I was practicing. And it's quite ridiculous when Yetta was practicing. I saw the video later. I wasn't very skilled at it. However, you, you know, had learned. You know why you weren't skilled at it? Because I don't touch. I don't because like to touch the fire. Because you were afraid of touching the fire. And that's what I said in my opening statement. Was it time I didn't want to spend the time to help drag you out of the sadness? Mm -hmm. Or was it my fear of the sadness and touching it and getting burnt or sucked into it? Right. So now back to the story of the fire. Because you can't yes. just leave that hanging in there. Because you so, sound like a... Like, somebody that so is we could, out to hurt me. So we could clap the fire right. without gloves on. And I don't even think it singed the hair off no, my fingers. Nothing. So we just clap, hands back out. It's the length of time that you're in the fire that matters. The fire is still the same heat, right? So then you practice. And you did it a little awkwardly at first because <laughs> you were afraid. I was afraid. <laughs> and so when it comes to relationship, as you test out touching it, touching the fear or touching the sadness, you might be a little bit awkward, actually. I assure you, you will be awkward. Like it's going to be awkward and look a little bit dysfunctional and feel dysfunctional and feel uncomfortable. And yet, as you do it more and more and practice it, you actually will learn how to do it with some grace and ease and flow. And right. you won't get burned. You won't get sucked in. So I've been practicing going into the fire not too long. Grab her hand and pull her back out of the fire of sadness. And I, oh, actually, I was a little grumpy about a few days ago. 
And you were hangry. I was hangry. And how did you do for touching my fire? Not too bad, actually. Not bad. You didn't take the offense on your own. Right. You simply, as soon as we got to somewhere, you got me some food. I did. I, I touched his fire. And I didn't say, would you smarten up and stop being hangry because it's your fault. You didn't pack a lunch. You didn't pack the food you said you were going to do. You didn't prepare for yourself. I didn't say any of those things, although they did run through my head. And I chose grace in the moment. And when we got where we were going, I went and got nuts and seeds and water and other things. Actually, I got everything I could that I thought he would that would sustain him and help him get back into equilibrium. And then the cool thing, which is one of the tips, is once the situation was over and no longer at risk of sucking me in or sucking him in, then we could have a conversation about it. Yeah, absolutely. Very good. So there's a saying I love because my love, sometimes you're a little more emotional than I am. (laughs) Just a little. If you feel emotion, just wait. It will pass. Yetta, don't take it personally. Hello, we've created for you free access to over 503 Life's Inside Track episodes where we share insider tips, how to make house home, how to even have life exponential. And the great news is you can get access to them from home, from the office, or even on the go. How can I not take it personally when it's personal to me? As to how you speak to me, or when you don't listen to me, or when I, I don't like how you treat me. How can I not take that personally? Because it's not usually about you. Right. So in this episode, what we're going to learn is that most of the time, it's not actually about the person that's getting the so-called, I'm going to call it slap in the face, Ooh. or the being avoided, <laughs> or the being what feels like ignored, or the whatever it is that feels like it's coming at you. Oh, I got a good word. You feel like you're being dismissed. Ooh, that is one of my- that touch a pain point? It does touch a pain point, and I'll keep a smile on my face right now (laughs) so that I don't have to touch the pain in this moment too much. And yet there is a sense. So what we're going to learn is how to navigate that on both sides of the fence. And the first insight to it is because most of the time, the things people do That feels like it's to you, like when Ken dismisses me, he isn't, it it is affecting me. So I don't want to eliminate the fact that it does affect me, except he's doing it for himself because maybe the thing I want him to deal with is something that is uncomfortable for him to deal with. So he's doing it to protect himself, not necessarily to hurt me. Thanks. That's perfect. I think we can end the show right here. Thanks for that acknowledgement, Yetta. <laughs> so Ken thinks we're done. We're not done because there's a little more unpacking. Because maybe you, like us, have found yourself in a situation where you know the other person is really good-hearted. Like, I know Ken is good-hearted. After 40-odd years of journeying together, I got that he's good-hearted. Except it doesn't always feel that way. That's not always the way it comes out. Why are you silent? Because you're making me sad. <laughs> <laughs> so there actually are tears in his eyes. So if you're not watching the video version of this, you might want to go on our YouTube channel 
double-decker life and watch because it's kind of fun to watch the emotions come mm. that we didn't think were going to come Yeah, because when we you, worked through this. Well, when you talk about somebody's heart, right? Mm. And my heart is to love you, to cherish you. And then when I do things that are selfish to protect me, selfish to defend me, selfish to blame others, selfish to do all kinds of different things, then that affects you, the person that my heart loves so much. Right. That's a little bit emotional. It touches the emotional side. And so maybe that's happening for you. And so you could pause. You can turn us off for a little while, come back to it later. You don't have to keep going. So we're going to keep going. Unless you're on the radio show. If oh, you're listening yeah. live. Oh, yeah. Well, if you turn us off, we won't be bothered. No, we won't be back. bothered. We'll be totally good. You can come back to the recorded The good news episode. is we don't know whether you watch or not, so you won't offend us. <laughs> exactly. And so... What we've learned is that because they're not out to get us, and we can trust that, we've learned that we need to figure out how to get into the cave for a moment, even if it's uncomfortable. Well, sometimes. Have you ever, have you ever had a situation mm -hmm. where someone's going through something very dark or very... Um, Just hard for them. Hard. You know, a, a parent passed away or a child passed away or sibling or a spouse and you just mm -hmm. go with that person and you sit down and you hold their hand or you put your arm around them and you don't say a word for like minutes it feels like sometimes hours, hours. yeah you just and and that's what they needed because words would be contrite so sometimes you need to just climb in the cave with the person and hold them until they're ready to come out of the cave. Right. And just sit with them, recognizing that the fact they're in the cave, even if it's something, well, in this case, it's certainly not related to the person that is sitting in the cave with them. But even when it is, sometimes all Ken needs to do or I need to do is to sit in the cave until we can regain our own composure. We don't need to be convinced. We don't need to be conjoled. We don't need to be forced. We don't need to be pushed. We simply need to be given our space so we can pray, we can pause, we can yield to our God, and we can just sit in what we already know to be true. We can come back to reality. Sometimes it's reality. Sometimes it's just coming back to something that serves us versus the state mm. that we might be in that's not serving us in the moment. And sometimes it does serve us for a moment. Yeah. And as we talked in the first episode around, my first go-to is a solution. Like, And most men are like that. If another man comes to me and tells me a problem or they have sadness or whatever, they have anger, I'm probably going to do something immediately to cause that person Come out, right? Yes. Yeah. But with you, what I needed to do is make you feel heard and understood before my solution could be accepted. That would be right. Yeah. And you may find that it's not just in your love relationships. It's not just in that intimate relationship. It's in your parent-to-child relationship. It's in your sibling relationship. It's in your coworker relationship. I was going to say that. It's even in the business oh, relationship. It's in every relationship that we have.
that most of the time, all somebody needs us to do is empathize with them, is to listen for a moment, to sometimes touch their pain as we shared in the first segment. Sometimes it's relate to them for a moment so that they can feel that they are seen and supported and special and safe. It's kind of like Stephen Covey said, and I read his book. I can't remember all the elements of the keys all the to seven success. And then seven, the eight. But, yeah. but the main one that I remember all the time is seek first to understand mm-hmm. and then to be understood. Right. And in the seeking to understand in any relationship, I know even in my workplace, and I think after 30 odd years of being a business owner and leader and doing work with teams, that I would kind of have it all figured out. And yet I don't. Sometimes I have to pause, go back and remember these really basic principles of just yeah. allowing the person to express what they need to express and connect with them, not necessarily agree. And then I can offer a solution, how to do things better, how to do things easier. Do you find that too, Mr. Absolutely. Decker? Even around the boardroom table, like I sit on the Ottawa Real Estate Board. Yeah. I sit on the board for Solid Rock. And around those boardroom tables, sometimes you can have heated discussion about ideas or values or things that people think a direction the company okay. should be going, but maybe you disagree with that. And we can send the value, the message that we value their opinion, we value them, and we're not disagreeable, but we disagree with their way forward. Right. And so the trick is, and it's maybe not a trick, maybe it's a tip. So the tip is that you want to be able to relate to them even more than the thing. You did not listen to me. We're excited for over 30 years to come alongside you, not only selling and buying real estate over 3,117 times, really coming alongside you to just make better choices at home, making your house home, doing the maintenance, insider tips, real estate news, and even how to have life exponential. It's really been 30 years of building your life, your business, and your home. Absolutely. And I did listen to you. And as a matter of fact, I even added to what you said because I listened so well. Okay. So in this episode, what we're going to learn is how to have someone feel and know and think and even believe that you're listening to them. Oh, now you're talking about that feeling stuff again. I know. But that's what they're going to learn. Did you hear me go feel, think, Believe. I did. Appreciate even. But I, can I, add but I honed word. in on the one word. Okay. So, <laughs> of course you do, Mr. Decker. And so what we're going to learn is how come it was when Ken feels and believes and thinks and is certain that he has related to me. That listened he actually, and listened, related. Oh, listened, related, and added mm-hmm. that he's done everything he needs to do. Is that the right thing? Mm, I don't know. That sounds like a trap. <laughs> <laughs> I think it is. And so the great news is you're going to, I believe, get a tip, an insider secret in how to have a better relationship with 
all the people in your life, not just the love of your life. Mm. So recently we were sitting in our tranquility room. (laughs) Our tranquility room isn't always tranquil. No. Because we in it. It's more tranquil when we're not in it. (laughs) Much more tranquil. Tranquil room. We go in and we have deep conversations in that room. We read our scripture. We do our devotional. We pray in that room. We journal in that room. We journal in that room. Sometimes I just read in there. I'll go in there by myself sometimes. But it's also the place where we have deep conversations, thought-provoking conversations, where we get to unpack things that we like to bring to the inside track. Life's inside track, right? Right. Well, that's where a lot of the content is actually created and born is inside the tranquility room. Right. And so Yetta would be talking about some great thing, awesome thing. She'll she'll be saying she'll talk for like ten minutes, and believe, believe, can, can you, you believe that? Can or you not? believe that? And without <laughs> taking a breath. Oh come on! I le- <laughs> no, I've learned how to allow my breath in and out as you're so, speaking. As I'm speaking, so you don't have to breathe. So I don't. Well, I am breathing. I'm allowing it. I don't have to take a heavy breath. Yes, I don't you have don't to have go, to pause. You just keep talking can, as you're breathing. It's an right. amazing feat. And it skill is. because you talk with your breath coming in and going out. Right. Isn't yeah. that what we're supposed to do? <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> we were having this, I'll call it a monologue initially because she had us <laughs> speaking and then I'm getting excited inside about the content that you're creating for our next show. And then ideas are popping into my head because her ideas are giving me ideas. And as soon as she pauses for a second, even if she's not finished, if there's a, you know, that hair, hair split time of there's a pause, I'm going to jump in there with some of my ideas. Huh. And then Yara will say, you're not listening to me. I may sometimes do but that. But all your ideas created the ideas, spawned the ideas in my head. So I must have been listening to you. And if you were observing me, I was probably even looking my left eye into your left eye because then I stay present. Which was wonderful. And (laughs) I wonder if you've ever noticed that somebody does add to your ideas. They do give you more insight. They do actually give you more of what you were already talking about, except they never took that 10 seconds sometimes five seconds, sometimes it might take 30 seconds to acknowledge what you actually said and maybe appreciate it for just a second. I love that you were thinking about that, Yetta. I love how that has now created me to have this idea. You mean that's enough? That would often be enough. Wow. Because usually I think you want me to verbatim tell you all the things you said and how great each point was. Oh, please don't, because I know what I said. So that's not really active listening. That's paraphrasing. Yeah, and paraphrasing isn't necessarily active. Active listening is more being able to share maybe one Uh or two of the words. Mm -hmm. Tell me more. Mm -hmm. No, that sounds now. Is that active listening? No, that sounds more like (laughs) patronizing listening. And so it's defined... In every relationship, I find I can't listen in the same way with my daughter 
as I listen with my son or listen with my coworker or listen with one of my friends or a different friend because everybody requires something a little bit different. So there are some basic rules, some general things that you can follow. Oh, we tell me them. Follow. Tell me them. Come on. Help me out, Yetta, because I really like to keep the peace in our house. And I think you have come so far. He's come so oh, far. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> and you'll be able to stop and acknowledge Ken. So it sounds often as we have these discussions <laughs> that it's all one way. Sometimes I'm not a good listener either. Sometimes I get distracted by my phone no too. No way. Yeah. Way. And that's why the cell phone. Why was your phone in the tranquility room? <laughs> that would be the problem. You're not actually allowed in the tranquility room because then now there's levels of distraction. So one thing is to eliminate distraction. Because then it's not tranquil. Right. If well, your phone's in there. Right. And I think the illusion of tranquility, meaning that there isn't anything that's intense, right? That's something to, I think, keep in mind is a deep, meaningful conversation is often, there's a level of intensity, there's a level of passion, there's a level of excitement that isn't taking away, even though it feels like it's taking away from tranquility, it's not intended to take away from the tranquility. Right. And you might be saying, well, I don't have a whole room I could dedicate to tranquility. You may want to dedicate a chair. Right. This is my chair. No electronics goes into this chair. This is my thinking chair. I have a thinking chair, mm -hmm. a reading chair. It's the same chair, but it's my right. thinking, reading, contemplating, journaling chair. Talking to Yetta chair, talking yeah. to God chair. Yeah. Yeah. So you may not have a room for that. But just I designating a place can be really, really helpful. Mm -hmm. And once you've been able to relate to the person and make sure that you actually heard, not necessarily parrot word for word what they said, because that can, that, as I mentioned a minute ago, can sound really patronizing or feel patronizing, more express that you understood what they were talking about. And maybe use one or two or three of the words that they were saying rather than change up the words. Like, let right. them know that you got the message. That's perfect. Then, then, maybe you like me, and maybe even you like Ken, because Ken's the same, <laughs> is then ready for solutions. Is ready to hear some possible solutions. Remembering that they're just that, possible solutions. They are not the be-all and end-all. Mm-hmm. You're not the be-all and end-all, and neither am I. Nope. <laughs> That's good to know. <laughs> We're honored to be on this journey of life exponential with you. Moving forward with the Decker team. Moving forward together with the Decker team.